Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. There's, there's nothing more relaxing than disco. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Hello. Hello. Oh, it's unbearable. It's too hot. It's ridiculous. I, I can't think of any worse job to do in this kind of heat than doing a podcast. <laughs> I mean, like, the second worst would be operating some kind of kiln. Yeah. Wouldn't be nice to be operating a kiln on a day like today, but uh, yeah. sitting in an attic. We do this in my attic, mm. and all the heat has risen up here. Like, my wife sleeps up here a lot of the time because I snore. She gets comes up here in the middle of the night, so all the curtains were closed. There's a lot of blankets and things around. It's just awful. I, I mean, I just think, you know, you listen to this and you're just pitying us, surely. <laughs> you know what's going to happen? What? Patreon um, subscribers uh, is going to go through the roof. People are going to feel so sorry for us. Yeah, yeah. They're going to throw money at the problem. They deserve it. They, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they've got to get some air con mm. in that house. Irrespective of the environment. Yeah, yeah. I told you before that um, I uh, I have like a mental map of the shops with the best air conditioning. Yes, yes. Yeah. So you just go in there and cool down. Yeah. yeah, I did that before. I went to Sainsbury's and stood in like the vegetable bit and the frozen bit and it's quite nice. Yeah, yeah. I was talking to somebody earlier on who's big into forests hmm. and... Um, you know, has, was talking about how we should be planting loads of trees in this country and it would help suck in the carbon dioxide and it would just be good, but also from a shade point of view. And I'm sorry, air conditioning is better than a forest. It is a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no denying that. No, yeah, yeah. you can do all your regular stuff like watch TV <laughs> as well. Comfortably, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, sit on a settee. Oh, dreaded sunny day. What are we going to do about Morrissey, Annabelle? Oh, let's just not think about it. That's that's my approach. <laughs> it's very much my approach. Don't read the articles. Don't think about it. Just carry on as before. Do you feel there's not going to be a point coming where it just doesn't feel good to listen to the records anymore? I think we might have reached that point. Yeah, I yes. know, I know. But then I think, but what about Johnny Marr and those other two that they go in the big lawsuit with? <laughs> <laughs> then I think it's okay to listen to Smith's ones, but anything else I think is a no-no, yeah. <sighs> I mean, it's the worst thing about the whole thing. It's not the worst thing about no, the whole no. thing. Um it's weird to, having spent a long time just hoping Johnny Marr and 
Morrissey would get back together and do something together. I've been mm. thinking, oh, I'd be so great if they did something together. And now I'm just thinking about Johnny Marr like I do somebody with a toxic ex-boyfriend. It's like, stay away from him. <laughs> He's no good for you. Yeah. Don't go uh, near him. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, so it's very, very hot is uh, is the, the headline. And you probably know this if you're listening in the UK. If you're listening outside the UK and you were to check the temperatures, which uh, if you're a Celsius person like I am, it's, it's been up to 33, I think, today. Um, what is that in old money? I don't know. I don't know. But I know that on Thursday, it's going to be 100 in old money. Right. So the, there'll be people maybe listening in um, America. Mm. Uh, I think it's, it's Canada do Celsius, don't they? It's just the US, I think, who do Fahrenheit. Um, and they'll be thinking that's not that hot. But it is if your country's not built for yes, it. Yes, we're not built for it. We're not we're set not up built, for it. No, we're not. And we won't, you know, nobody's sleeping. Mm. Everybody's ratty. Ratty's a good word, isn't it? Oh, I use it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wanted to start by talking about a little dilemma that has come up for me today, mm. and uh, what what the it's all it's like my it's like a little prequel uh, or a precursor to Quandary Corner later. Okay. After your advice on this, okay. so the other podcast I do with Ed Miliband, mm. I was recording that today, and we were just chatting about the summer and so on. And he's he's going away for uh, a couple of weeks in the summer. Lovely. And he really wants to switch off, so he's not taking his phone with him. Oh. And he's getting a pay-as-you-go SIM card mm. for the country that he's going to, just in case anybody needs to c- contact him in an emergency. Okay, yeah. So I said, oh, you'll be giving me that number then. Right, it's a joke, or we mean it. Well, so I was joking, thinking he'd say, of course. Yeah. And he said, no. Oh. I said, you're not going to give me that number. He said, no. And... I feel very aggrieved by this. What's going on there? Why do you think he doesn't want to give it to you? I don't know. How how often do you text him, be honest? He's he's texting me more than I text him. Oh, right. Yeah, I, oh. treat, I treat him mean and keep him keen. Maybe he doesn't want the temptation then. So if you text him, <laughs> he's got your number, and then he'll be like, I need to text him back. And then all he can think about is funny things to text you, and then, and then it's like ruins his holiday. Yeah, okay, okay. I think that's what's going on there. Okay, I'm mm. going to tell myself that. Please do, yeah. And him. <laughs> You don't think there's anything like manipulative I could say, like he's he's my sort of go-to person I'd ring if I was having a long night of the soul. <laughs> a dark night of the soul. Um, you could say that, and he probably would end up giving you the number. Yeah, yeah, is, yeah. is this fair? I don't know. Probably not. I, 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 prefer your, I prefer your thing yeah, yeah. to think that he's so consumed with his, mm. his bromance with me, his friendship yeah. with me, that yeah. he, he needs... He needs a break. He needs to yeah. not have... The temptation. Yeah, temptation's the right <laughs> word. Yeah, temptation. Good. Yeah. Oh, well, that's that settled. When you stop thinking, your mind begins to start loving. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Ports. Oh, touch it. Touch it. Just going to very quickly mention that you may hear some background noise during the podcast today because we've got all the windows open. Because doing a podcast is the worst thing you could possibly be doing on a hot day. Yeah. Oh, but it's, it's worse than um, baking, for yeah. example. Obviously, yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Oh, all right, then. Um, your stories. Hello at adriftpodcast.com. Let me ask you a question. Yes. So whenever I start this bit where I get you to read out the email... Mm. Like, you start without your glasses on. Yeah. And then as I start reading the email address, you always put them on. Yeah. Why don't you just have them on to begin with? Because it's very uncomfortable for me to look at you with them on. I can only read. Oh. It hurts my eyes. Got to get the varifocals. Oh. 
Yeah, you could look over the, through the top bit at me. Oh, that's not a good look for me. <laughs> but I had to like bend my head slightly. Yeah, yeah. No, not a good look for me. <laughs> is it the look or is it the amount of effort involved? <laughs> Both. <Yeah. laughs> okay, the first one's from Rosie and Jim. And this um, goes back to the Hebden Bridge show which they attended and they say after the Hebden Bridge show Rosie and I and our eight month old daughter Dottie queued up to chat to you guys and buy one of Annabelle's books after we'd seen you and Jeff made Dottie cry not his fault we walked back to our seats and passed Lynn Barron and her friends we stopped to say hi and they all cooed over Dottie Lynn asked Dottie's name but obviously misheard my reply the conversation went something like this Lynn what's her name me Dottie Lynn Stuffy <laughs> me, Dotty, Lynn. Oh, Tuffy. No, Dotty, Lynn. Oh, Dotty. <laughs> to be fair, she styled it out pretty well. I mean, she thought we'd named our beautiful baby girl <laughs> Stuffy and she didn't even flinch. I think we eventually managed to make it look like we weren't total weirdos, just mostly weirdos. Lynn, as we know, is not a drifter in the true sense, so I doubt she was embarrassed or even remembers the exchange. Yeah, I'm sure, sure that would be the case. And also, I think it's... Like, that she would think it was okay to think that a baby was called Stuffy <laughs> and say that out loud. I think like, it says a lot like, more about her than like you. Like, any of yeah. the rest of us would be thinking, did they say yeah. st- I think yeah. they said Stuffy. They can't have done that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I would just go, oh, that's a nice yeah, name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Move on. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, this is from David. I'm a painter and decorator by trade. And back in 1993, when I was in my second year of my apprenticeship, the firm I worked for got the contract to renovate an office block in my town centre. I was tasked, amongst others, with painting the outside of the building, which included the now old-fashioned metal windows. Now, this was the days before the days of cherry pickers and scissor lifts. Either that or my old firm were cheapskates, so we used a cradle. Now, I was a very shy, very quiet 18-year-old at the time and regularly teased by the other lads on the firm. One day, me and this other lad were on the cradle painting some window. This particular set of windows had mirror-effect plastic on the inside so you couldn't see in. The lad I was working with started asking me questions about the sort of girls I liked, if I had a girlfriend, which I hadn't at the time, if I liked them blonde, brunette, big boobed, that kind of thing. And I just mumbled an answer to him just to shut him up whilst blushing bright red answering everything he asked. And I hadn't noticed that my side of the window was I was painting was slightly ajar. Shortly after that, the window swung inward and an irate-looking old lady stood there in front oh. of an office full of giggling women and said, excuse me, love, we don't want to know all about your sex life, <laughs> and slammed the window shut. I could have died with embarrassment. I quickly finished my window and I waited to lower my side of the cradle to get away as quickly as possible while my mate fell about laughing, then taking his sweet time to finish his window and finally lower his side of the cradle too. I'm blushing now while I'm writing this, even though it's over 25 years <laughs> since it happened. So oh, David. Um, and this is from Lord Mistress Sharon. This is a recently remembered tale of my poor son's reception teacher. She was petrifying. Even to look at this woman instilled fear into my very depths. She looked like she'd just stepped out of some Dickens novel and had a voice that shriveled you inside. On Joe's first day, he was reluctant to enter the classroom without being able to see his best friend from nursery, Ryan. Incidentally, he had such perfect taste, he chose the boy whose mum, Trish, was exactly like me, enabling us to gravitate towards each other and support each other in our fear of this woman. Bearing in (laughs) mind the age of these kids, I was a little taken aback when she took his hand and pulled him away from me, saying, time to grow up, you need more than one friend. And with that, the door was closed behind him. 
Another occasion, Joe had wet himself during class. He later told me he was too scared to go to the toilet, to ask to go to the toilet. At the end of the school day, when all the parents were lined up to collect the kids, she marched him out in front of everyone in his underpants and vest, holding his sodden clothes in a plastic bag, and as loud as she could, without shouting, declared, this child is not toilet trained. Please collect him and address this immediately. Oh, God. I would like to say I was brave enough to have said something, but shamefully I crept over to collect him and scuttled away along with his best friend and mum. Only outside of the school gates did his friend's mum and I dare to speak about what had just happened. Fast forward to parents' evening and I nervously sit in one of those ridiculously small children's chairs in front of her sitting on a full-size one. I'm in no way petite, so this was already awkward. All the same, I was impressed at how composed I was managing to be on the outside whilst wishing it over on the inside when all of a sudden the following conversation ensued. Her. So, Mrs Cheeseman, I believe that all children need discipline both inside and outside of the home. How do you feel about this? Me. Uh, um, well, yes, obviously, as, as well as nurturing, love and support. Her. Well, in that case, I think it would be better not to undermine my discipline received at the school. Me, silent with a perplexed look on my face. Her. If you really think I'm such a dragon, perhaps it'd be better to keep these thoughts to yourself. Me. Oh, no, Mrs Armstrong, that wasn't me. That was Ryan's mum, Trish. <laughs> I was never a grass, but this woman terrified me so much. <laughs> I just blurted it out. It seems that after the wetting incident, both kids had listened to her slagging her off from a safe distance, then gone to school the next day, tootled up to the front of class, tugged on her skirt, which was probably made of horsehair or barbed wire or something, and asked if she really was a dragon and could she blow fire. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. That's so good. And and painful to listen to as well because, I, you know, I, I had num- numerous wetting myself because I was too scared mm. to ask to go to the toilet yeah. incidents as a kid. Um, share, share your thing that still makes you cringe decades later, please. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port are adrift with you, which is saying something about you. Annabelle. Yes. Are you okay, uh, despite the heat, to give us a way in which you're not a fully functioning adult? I'm going to try my best. Okay, this is part 25. And it is all the many, many times I've thought, oh, I can do that. How hard can it be? (laughs) The most recent of which was last Friday, when I realised that all the dog groomers in my area were fully booked up for the next month. And my dog was... (laughs) And my dog was approaching a heatwave wearing a very thick, long fur coat. So I thought, "Ah, I can just do it. How hard can it be? A question that ignores all the training that dog groomers do and basic stuff like having some kind of hand-eye coordination. If anybody remembers me in Tennis Express, that's very much an indication of the level of hand-eye coordination that I have. Another thing I ignored was how much my dog hates being groomed. Like, he really hates it. Like, he's a really sweet, gentle boy, but he has to be muzzled during grooming. Really? Yeah, he really hates it so much. One lady that I took him to, I took him to him just the once, she described him as a little and then a bad word. Yeah, and a diva, she called him. Oh, wow. But he just really hates having his head and his paws touched. But I still thought, I'll be fine. So I bought some quiet dog clippers. I made sure I got quiet ones. I tied him with his lead to a garden chair. <laughs> I cut up a load of cooked chicken. I felt like it was him having a spa day. But he cowered <laughs> throughout his spa day. And actually doing the main bit of the body, that was fine. Although I did learn you need to always go in the same direction. So his body does now look a bit like he's had about 18 different very small operations. <laughs> and he 
he was okay with his legs until the last one. It was like he, he reached his level of tolerance there and he just refused to have his last one cut. So he now has three shave legs and one, and one really hairy leg. And he wouldn't have his head cut at all. So he shaved all over apart from one leg and a big, massive, long, furry head. So he looks like his head has been badly photoshopped onto him. Or he's become like a living dog caricature or a bow selector character. I don't know what I was thinking of. What was I thinking of? It's no different to the time I decided I had enough of the Artex walls in my kitchen. I know. Why would I have enough of those? <laughs> that was a weird kitchen. I had Artex walls and a wooden ceiling. So, so, no. so I decided I was going to plaster over them. Once again, no skills, no experience. I just thought, well, how hard could it be? Very, very, very hard as it turns out, especially as I was just using polyfiller to plaster it. And I gave up after doing less than a foot squared and I got professional in, obviously. And there was also the time that I'd had a very big, heavy microwave delivered. It's one of those ones that you can also use as an oven. So it's very heavy. And it was in a box on the floor, but I wanted to use it straight away. And even though the box was so heavy that I could barely push it with my foot, I didn't want to wait for my then boyfriend to get home from work. So I tried to pick it up myself, had a funny turn, called NHS Direct and ended up in A&E. <laughs> Which was embarrassing when I kept having to explain what had happened that I'd picked up a microwave. There are countless times when I've been faced with something that I'm totally incapable of and thought, well, I can do that. Becoming a parent. I can do that. No, I can't. I'm terrible at it. Where does this insane confidence come from? Because when I face with doing something that I've got years of experience of, for example, my job, the only words in my head on repeater, I can't do it. I can't do it. I won't be able to do it, which is often the case as it turns out. But why don't I think it at the time? I avoid walking past hospitals now as I'm worried that someone will come out panicking and shouting, are there any open heart surgeons around? Our surgeon has died mid-operation and we need someone to finish it off. And I'll be like, Oh, I can do that. How hard can it be? <laughs> Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Hi. It's a show and it's also a demeanor. I don't mean to bang on about what a great guy I am, but um, I did save you the supplement that came with Sunday's paper, which is the 20 best tomato recipes. It's very kind of you. So did you now eat your words about um, making fun of me for being the only person who still gets a paper delivered? Well, I mean, I probably could have looked it up like online. <laughs> Shall I look up now and see if I can just get it online? Then I'll just put that in the bin before I go. No, it's really lovely of you. Thank you. Um, now, I need to ask you, how are we getting on with these badges? Oh, my goodness. I'm so excited about the badges. So, when we last spoke, I mm. believe I told you that I'd contacted someone who'd offered to design them. You did. And we've had a little bit back and forth. Mm-hmm. And we are very, very, very nearly there to having the designs complete. Three, uh, we've got three already. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be four badges in total. Three are done. The last one is just being designed. It's going to be four badges. Do you want to know the size of them? Yes, please. It's going to be 25 millimetres. Oh. Yeah. So they're the smaller ones, not the big ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be four and you'll be able to buy them. This is great news. So yeah. It's nice, a bit discreet, is it? You don't want a badge to be too big. That's do what you? I thought. Well, actually, and when I spoke to the designer, she said, because there's not going to be an awful lot on the badge, it's best it's this size. Mm. So, yeah, those things came together and gave me 25 mils. Great. Not millilitres. No, not millilitres. No, they're not millilitres. Yeah, no, yeah. Don't worry. That was a yeah. mistake because of the heat. <laughs> 
And, uh, you know, um, the u- unit price and so on, are you figuring that out? TBC. At the TBC. TBC. Yeah, Good. TBC. Well, uh, we'll keep you abreast of that in the, the coming weeks. Mm. I'd forgotten about them the last couple of weeks because we had so much going on with mm. the live show and whatever, yeah, yeah. which we will be putting up on Patreon. Yep. Um, I said first week of August, didn't I? Yeah, is that changing? You sound a little bit like, why did I say first week of August? So when I say first week of August, <laughs> I, mean, I do mean first full week 2020. of August. 2020. <laughs> no, no. It's just I think the first is on a Thursday. Okay, that's fair enough. Yeah, Yeah, so week commencing the 5th. Great. Basically, I've got to go to Salford for two weeks and I'll be on my own in a travel tavern. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I'll need to fill the time somehow. Oh, okay, good. That's when you do it. Brilliant. Yeah, exactly that. So, uh, um, yeah, if you are a Patreon supporter, we thank you for your support. It really uh, helps us carry on doing the podcast. Then you will get access to that live show. If you were there, you can relive it. If you weren't, you can... Hear, hear it with uh, fresh ears with childlike wonder mm. uh, just <laughs> support us at patreon.com stroke adrift hey I'm Ryan Reynolds at Mint Mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little so naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you that's right we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees Promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com Later, when you go for a walk, you can take this show with you so that you're not left with your thoughts because we know what's going on there and it's just, it's, it's quite scary. You should probably consult a doctor or you should maybe get a dog and then walk with your dog or steal a dog, but just um, dogs can help you because they suck up your dangerous thoughts. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. I thought I could give you two sort of slightly dodgy things that have happened to me and then a TV recommendation. How's that? Sounds wonderful. So first dodgy thing that happened to me is I've been doing this work at the BBC on Saturday mornings, mm-hmm. uh, filling in on that slot for the time being. In fact, Annabelle's going to, you're going to do it again with me in a few weeks, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll tell you that nearer the time. Um, Anyway, one of the weeks, it turned out that one of the guests could play the ukulele when we were doing the research on them. Mm -hmm. So I said, oh, I can bring in a ukulele if you like, Mm -hmm. which I then did. And then I left it at the BBC and forgot about it. Uh, So somebody very kindly retrieved it and then then brought it back last Saturday. Mm -hmm. So I had to leave the BBC with a ukulele. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and then I called my wife to see where her and my son were, and it turned out they were in the park. So I went to meet them straight after the show. But I had a ukulele with me. Oh, okay. And I became very self-conscious mm. that I looked like the sort of person who would take a musical instrument to the park. You looked a bit kooky. Yeah, it's yeah. not good, is it? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, I mean, I do love the ukulele. I like the sound it makes. I, I do, in fact, it's it. It's here now. I don't know if it's in... Why are you wearing a waistcoat? For some reason, my, I've got a very strong visual image of you in a waistcoat as well. No. no you don't ever wear a waistcoat. No, it would just fit in with, suits. with the ukulele, I think. Oh. 
slightly. I think it actually. needs tuning. Yeah. Even I, even, even I you know could that. hear that needed tuning. But it just felt very embarrassing to me mm-hmm. to be to think that the people in the park thought that I was the sort of person who would bring a ukulele to the park and have a little sing song with my son or whatever. So I was trying to hold it. You know, when you're holding somebody else's bag, <laughs> but you really don't like the fact that you're holding it, so you're trying to sort of hold it at arm's length. I think men do so that with their my, yeah, partners. Bags, and I don't so. like that about no, myself because I'm not that type of man. But, but you do yeah, it. I do it anyway. Yeah. And I, I feel I was very much doing that with the ukulele. So that's a, a bad thing. You should one, have that. slung it over your shoulder like someone with a guitar. <laughs> yeah. That would look good. Um, I was taking my son to nursery a couple of days ago. As I was heading in, I bumped into one of the mums um, and she said, oh, hi, how are you? I said, I'm fine. And we were both wearing a blue shirt. And she said, oh, we're matching. Hmm. I then oh, God. said a terrible, terrible thing. <sighs> what, what did you say? I said, I don't know why I said it. It's really bad. It's really bad. Mm. I was trying to make a friendly joke, yeah. but the joke was so bad and so sort of poorly explained by me, it just came over as creepy. Okay, what was it? I said, oh, yeah, I've got a webcam in your wardrobe. <laughs> it's, so, it's so creepy. I know, I know. But, I mean, the joke was meant to be creepy, but I think uh, it was so poorly delivered uh, yeah, yeah. and such a weird joke to make anyway yeah, yeah. to somebody I'd, I'd had one conversation with in my life. Mm-mm. that and, and that conversation was just we bumped into each other in the park and she, she said, uh, oh, is that a, a ukulele? <laughs> um, I had something similar today, but not happening to me. when So I went to Sainsbury's to buy a paddling pool. Mm. And obviously it's a really hot day today. And I was there with my son. And the guy on the checkout went, oh, a paddling pool, that'll be nice today. I might pop round later and jump in it. But actually, <laughs> actually, as soon as he said it, we both thought that was really creepy. <laughs> I, I you don't. I don't know you. That'd be really weird. Oh, good. Yeah. I'll tell you what I've been saying since. I don't know if it was last week or the week before, <laughs> but I've been saying to people like, if I bump into a neighbour in the street and it's hot weather out, do you know what I've been saying to well, them? Oh no, hot enough for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you wait till winter. Cold enough for you. <laughs> enough it's for so you. great. It's it is so good. Great. It yeah. is good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wasn't going to mention this. I don't know if this goes anywhere. I mean, not like a lot of these stories ever go anywhere. But um, our next door neighbour. Both my wife and I think he is just the bee's knees. Mm. The whole family, I mean, all our neighbours are nice on both sides, but in particular on that side, the dearies. Mm. Like, we just think think they're great. And we were going out last night, and as we were leaving our house, he was returning home from work. And I think he's into, you know, he's into fitness. I think he's done a couple of marathons, so he's wearing kind of exercise gear-ish, lycra shorts and, and so on. And... um I just get the impression, and it's it's almost like it's the one situation where I'm not really a drifter. Like, cause I always want to talk to him, right? And I always get the impression that he doesn't really want mm. to talk to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. We get so excited. It's a weird thing. We get so excited about seeing. What him. sort of things do you say to him? Like, so I, I mean, I, I get so excited. I'm like, Mister D, like that. It's like, oh, honestly, really? it's like a see. It's like oh. I. I I like him so much. What happens in my head is I think we have a, an actual, like, cl- a much closer relationship than we actually do. Right, right. So if I see him, I get excited and then I'm like, yay! And and he is just the nicest man, but I don't think he, you know, he just wants to go and have his tea. Uh, He's yeah. probably drenched in sweat. He's mm. quite possibly listening to something in his headphones. Right, yeah, yeah. But it's just this sort of, and, and I never learn either. Mm. I'll tell you what it reminds me of. I think I've talked about this before. You know when you go to a restaurant and there's a waiter that you have really good chemistry with? Right. And then you're excited. It's a, 
excited about going back to the same restaurant and seeing the waiter again. <laughs> I don't, and I then don't the, know what you're talking then about. Then the sort of next... Oh, really? <laughs> But I want you to carry on. I feel this is something that happens to me, especially on holiday. Right, right. I'll go to a restaurant and there'll be some waiter, and you go and you really get on with them, and you think you're. But their, I wouldn't. Then we'll want, I wouldn't want customer. to go back. And but then you think, oh, it's going to be great. We're going to have that chemistry again with the right. waiter, and then they don't remember you, oh, or they're just brusque. Or it can yeah. even happen over the course of a meal. Mm. Like you, you know, by the time you ask for the bill, they're over you. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's a bit like that with me and my neighbour Chris. Mm. Anyway, like I said, that doesn't go anywhere. Okay, um, was, but you've learned two things from this first of all don't speak to mr d and also don't tell women you've got webcams in their wardrobes <laughs> it's really creepy it's so creepy so shall i do a tv recommendation oh then? yes i forgot about that so I've, yeah. I've talked about this before and it's in its final series now and it's so good um it's a show called crashing um now I have recommended it to you, but I'm guessing it was in the earliest days of you being a mother. So I'd, I'd be surprised if you even remember it. Um, it rings about. It's an HBO show in the states, mm. and it's a comedian called Pete Holmes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've not seen it, but carry on. And, and it's a sitcom. It's produced, I think, by Judd Apatow, mm. who people will know for all his films and whatever. And it's a sitcom about a comedian in New York like trying to make it on the stand-up circuit. And you're thinking, have we not seen that time and time again from Seinfeld through Louis C.K. and any any number of other sitcoms? But yes, but it's a brilliant version of it. Firstly, he is unlike any lead character you've ever seen. He's so wholesome. When we meet him in the first series, he's this born-again Christian who wants to try his hand at stand-up and he's, you know, very, very sort of small-c conservative. Um and it's so i can't understand how good it is it's it's so funny for a start which sitcoms often aren't and the character as a character he's so likable and so unlike what you're used to in a lead role and it has all these cameos in it that don't just feel like they've been able to get their famous mates and shoehorn them in it all feels very organic and it also feels like the 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 world they're in the stand up scene it's not the glamorous level of it it's not even the level where he's playing decent clubs it's this level where he's real rock bottom stuff and trying to just get on at an open mic night and try things out in front of three people and i, I don't even think i'm selling it that well but i just love it and um sadly it's been cancelled but they're on they're showing the third series on um, british tv now and it's just brilliant it's it's so so good and i know every now and again i'll recommend stuff and then people will email in and say i watched that and i liked it or didn't like it but and but i think it's worth telling you about because if you haven't seen example i think there's plenty of good drama to watch on tv but i I think finding a good comedy is pretty difficult Mm. and and this is it's really something else it's called crashing don't email me if you don't like it okay now that you're listening it's happening do you know it Do you like it? When will you be here in the future? I will be here in the future. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Time now for the Glap Clinic Quandary Corner here in Problematic. Oh, I'll tell you what, it is hot in this attic today. Very hot, very hot. Hot town, somewhere in the city. Yeah. Uh, Who's the uh, the first one from? Okay, this is from Laura, who says that's my Starbucks name. I have a Starbucks name because I never get my actual name right. And I feel too uncomfortable about correcting them. And she's in Amsterdam. Now, I, I'm going to tell you now, this is much longer than normal, but okay. I feel like every word of it is worthwhile. So I haven't cut a single one out. 
Laura asked this, what is the rule for shopping or actually just behaving in small shops? I mean the small specialist oh, boutiques, yeah, not yeah. the designer shops, just the ones selling a combination of clothes and quirky curios. These are, in my view, the best shops around. But the very difficult thing about them is that it's usually impossible to shop unnoticed or go incognito, mm-hmm. if you like, as you can do just in the mainstream chain stores. If it's not immediately clear why I don't know how to act in such shops, let me describe a recent situation. Apologies, it's a bit long-winded, but I try to really explain how uncomfortable I feel in such shops, so I do think the details are important. I recently went on a trip to Italy with a dear friend, a non-drifter, as will become clear later in the story. And we wanted to check out these cute small shops selling mainly clothes, but also all sorts of hip and trendy little knickknacks. Perhaps it's worth adding at this stage that we had just spent a few hours hiking. So we entered the shop wearing our hiking gear and may have smelled and looked accordingly. Had I been on my own, I would never have entered such a shop in my hiking gear, worried that the owner might take offence. In fact, normally, I would also not just enter a small shop without first doing some preliminary research. This typically involves <laughs> peeking through the shop window to see if anyone else is in the shop, ideally a few people, so that when I come in, not all eyes are on me. When we were about to enter the Italian shop, I reminded my friend of our hiking gear and also of the fact that this was a small shop, but she didn't seem to understand why I emphasised that. I then also shared my observation that we'll be the only ones in this shop, but this also didn't seem to make a difference to her. Her non-reaction to my observations made me realise that my feelings about going into small shops were apparently not universal (laughs) and gave me the courage to just enter the shop like you would any supermarket. When we came in, I immediately saw the shop owner, let's call her Sophia, check us out, her eyes quickly scanning over our outfits and resting on our hiking boots. I smiled uncomfortably and quickly turned to the clothing racks, feeling a bit grateful, thank God for small mercies, that because we were in Italy and because I don't speak any Italian and Sophia no English, we could at least avoid the small talk. As I was browsing the racks, I already felt the usual anxiety growing inside of me that I would normally feel in such shops. If I can't find anything within one minute, I always start worrying that the owner must think that I don't like any of the clothes. The reason I worry about this is because the whole point of these small shops is that the owner, because the sales assistants do usually own the shops, you can just tell, is essentially selling all her favourite things. She's hand-picked all the clothes, scarves, scented candles, trendy cacti hanging baskets, notebooks and necklaces with message cards and exhibited these in such a way that it makes you feel like you're making a small tour through her private little museum. Mm, She's curated it. She has. Precisely because of this museum-like atmosphere, usually with the same solemnity and quietness about it, I also feel like I can't just quickly go through the clothes. I have to give them my full attention, studying the type of fabric and noticing the small details. (laughs) This is what I think is all part of the etiquette of shopping in small shops. Like I said, because I didn't do my usual research before I entered the shop, I soon discovered in going through the first rack of clothes that they were actually not my style and taste at all. Too many patterns, too over the top, too dressy, too flashy. As I realised this, I simultaneously started scanning the shop for any backup buys, things I could buy in case I couldn't find any clothes, while also checking if my friend had perhaps already found something. She had, thank God, and walked towards me to show it to me. At least that's what I thought she did. But she then told me that she'd found a dress for me. She handed me the dress. And as I looked at it and immediately saw that it was not a dress for me at all, Sophia had already rushed over to take it from me and put it in the fitting room for me to try on. 
because I saw no other solution, I went into the fitting room and tried on the dress, all the while keeping on my big hiking boots, which I couldn't take (laughs) off because I was worried my feet would smell after the long hike. My friend then committed the ultimate small shop fitting room sin and opened the curtain of my fitting room, thus revealing me to Sophia, who eagerly awaited my appearance and gestured for me to step out of the fitting room. This made me feel like I was on a catwalk as there were now more women in the shop who seemed to be Sophia's friends and they were all looking at me in my outfit. Just a quick question here. Is it just me who never leaves fitting rooms in small shops just to avoid any awkward interaction with the salespeople? Because if they tell me that something looks so nice on me, yeah. I cannot not buy it. No, yes. That would make me feel like I'm being offensive because I don't take their opinion seriously, even though I know they're usually just saying this because they want me to buy something. But back to the shop. Sophia took a quick, appreciative look at my outfit and they went off to fetch a huge, dare I say, trashy belt and tied this around my waist. While we were standing there, eyes locked in the mirror, she pointed at the belt, looking proud, and I started beaming, confirming non-verbally that this was indeed just the perfect addition to the already beautiful dress. <laughs> at this stage, I did tell my friend, Sophia didn't understand it anyway, that I really didn't like the dress at all and didn't want to buy it. I said this in such a way, and in what I hate was a similar intonation in Italian, that Sophia would still be thinking that I absolutely loved the dress and would most definitely buy it. <laughs> Fortunately, Sophia then started helping out my friend, giving me some time to find a way out of this predicament. Luckily, my friend seemed to be seriously considering buying a dress for herself. I knew that this would be the ultimate solution to my problem because at least one of us would have to buy something, Mm -hmm. and ideally something above €50, now that we'd already taken up so much of Sophia's time, giving her the impression that we would not leave her shop empty-handed. I opened the curtain, told my friend the dress looked lovely on her, although it was actually a bit too big for her, but self-preservation trumps honesty in cases of emergencies, <laughs> and used this moment to quickly put my dress back on the rack without Sophia noticing. Normally, I would use this moment to make a quick exit, but I couldn't leave without my friend. Alas, my friend decided not to buy the dress after all. She didn't like it. And for her, it was as simple as that. I now felt I had to save the situation and I guess right because Sophia quickly returned her attention to me and I could see that she was she was checking where I'd left the dress and belt and if I'd already perhaps put these on the checkout counter when she couldn't spot them there I saw the look in her eyes change from friendliness uh. to annoyance and perhaps I was imagining it disappointment. I quickly grabbed my backup buy a nice purse and bought this instead but I saw that even the purse didn't make it right. I then tried making excuses in Italian, which essentially was just me pointing at my hiking boots, trying to explain that it was very difficult to evaluate the outfit while wearing these boots and promising her that I'd be back domani, domani, tomorrow. But she knew I was lying. I could see it in her eyes. And because she knew this, she also stopped being polite and friendly and instantly became distant and cold. (laughs) She then quickly put my newly acquired purse in a paper bag avoided all eye contact, shoved the receipt in the bag and didn't say anything in response to my grazie mille. mille. Because I felt so uncomfortable and guilty, I discussed the situation with my friend once we left the shop. What often happens to me in awkward situations where I've tried everything, is I can everything I can to make it right, is that I then become annoyed and at times even angry. Yeah. Is it okay that she made me feel this way when mm-hmm. I was trying to be nice and polite about it? Is it not the risk of a small shop owner that some people won't buy anything? I did follow the small shop etiquette and showed my appreciation for her selection. There's no rule telling me that I have to buy something in a small shop after I spent a certain amount of time in it. Is there or is there? So my question to you is this. 
Is there any sort of social rule about how to shop in small shops? Is there some sort of ratio where the more time you spend in the shop and the more seriously interested you seem, the more money you have to spend or the more profusely you have to apologise for not buying anything? And do you have to explain and provide reasons for why you decided not to buy something after all? I did buy a purse of around €25 in this shop, but it was clear that at least for Sophia, this did not feel proportionate to the time that we'd spent in the shop or the time she spent helping us. Or is it just that she felt hurt and offended and would the only solution have been to buy a rather expensive dress and belt that I would never have worn? Any help or advice is much appreciated. I would really like to keep shopping in the small shops despite the anxiety. I'm now worried that you'll advise me to either avoid such shops altogether or keep buying clothes I won't ever wear. And honestly, I can't afford any more of those because one quick look at my wardrobe will show you that I've already done too many sympathy buys. She also says you might suggest online shopping, but I have a very difficult size and hardly fit into any clothes. So I really need to try them on. So I, I am with you on this. I'd like, I feel like most of what you described is is how I would behave in that shop. Yeah. I think the point at which, well, you got angry, so you know this. You don't need me to tell you this, but you bought the the contract is, you you buy a small item, even though like is some, that the contract? Well, I think for a drifter it is. Okay, I think, uh, um, her friend or my mother in law listeners <laughs> would think it's insane that you f- would feel the need to buy something. Yeah, yeah. But I mean that that's what I would feel the need to do, and and often these shops have greetings cards in them. Yeah, that's a good one. Or, so you just try and think that, and and I do understand. I mean, I do understand that you it's running through your brain that uh, the, the longer you spend or the more expensive the thing you look at then you, the more money you need to spend but that is that's that's this is a h- harsh thing to say but that's something you need to just get over mm-hmm. i feel like that every time yeah yeah like it's already ridiculous that people like you and me mm. feel like we have to buy something Mm-mm. in a shop that's as ridiculous as you can let it be i think okay okay I say I totally understand every single thing you've said and I totally empathise with it, but but you're going to have to stop and you're going to have to go into a shop, have a look around and then with every will you can manage, just walk out again. The needs and, then, to- and if you do it that one time, it might get easier the next time. Mm, the, the needs to be, like, I, I wish there was an easy way of faking a phone call. Oh, here you go, wear headphones. Yeah. And pretend to answer your phone because your phone wouldn't necessarily ring out loud if you were wearing headphones. And then and then go oh oh, oh so yeah I'll, I'll go outside. Yeah, and then run away. You might have got a really good solution there. Another solution I thought as I was sort of listening to the story. Yeah. And it's specific to being on holiday, but yeah. I think you should. I mean, there's other problems for this for drifters anyway. But um, just go on holiday on cruises. Right. Because when they come ashore, yeah. all the tourists get off and go in all the shops at the same time. <laughs> so if you're in a shop with like twenty other people. <laughs> Extreme. You wouldn't get noticed. Very extreme. But then you'd have to be on a cruise, and yeah, yeah. I mean that, that 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 I think would be a nightmare. I for think a fake a phone call and maybe start retching, like you're going to be sick and rush out onto the street. I mean, there's yeah. there's, there's many different yeah. variations on the fake a phone call, aren't yeah. there? Yeah, but I mean, I, I would equally feel I, I would behave in the exact same way as you behaved, and then it would eat away at me, and I would feel like consumed with anger at the way the shop assistant had been. What about looking at your watch or the phone, and going, "Oh my god, it's not the time," and then running? <laughs> Is that a good one? Only if it's a pocket watch. <laughs> like the rabbit and Alice in Wonderland. Okay, okay. Right, do you want another very quick one? Yeah, go on, okay, then, yes. on then. How do you decide between madame or miss, as in calling men sir? To say you're in a formal situation, <sighs> yeah. I don't know, you're a waiter in a very posh restaurant, 
How do you decide? I do not know the answer to this. Milady. No, are you saying that you should like just do neither and say call everyone Milady? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, that is a good question. Can I just before before I have a, think about that some more? I know we've addressed the fact that the windows are open and there's some some sort of strange outside noise yeah. coming in. It, I became very conscious during the the beginning of that last quandary that my wife is or was either giving my son a bath or putting him to bed. And there's a lot of... In fact, you can hear oh, it now. it's particularly loud now. But, I mean, it sounds like she's torturing him. I don't know what's what's going on. Let's open the door here. Hey, is everything all right? Yeah, we're having a really hard time. You're um, having a hard time? Okay. Okay. But I just want to assure people there's, no, the the there's no child cruelty going no, on no, no, that no. I know of. No. I mean, I think I've got a pretty good... Uh, steer on what type of parent she is mm. and I don't think child torture is part of it okay but I mean you can always fix up a webcam check from, <laughs> from some of the noises I heard like before it did sound like it okay but I don't know if they would have bled through onto the microphones or not I don't know how you know sometimes you don't hear the stuff that we hear um, I would say to always play it safe uh, over what you're Definitely sure is over 80, madam. Everyone else miss. Play it safe. You're right, 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 right. I'm just thinking about... So we used to go on holiday to France every now and again. Mm. And there was a point at which my wife became aware mm. that the waiters in those types of places stopped calling her mademoiselle oh. and started calling her madame. Yeah, yeah. And even though, like, it's sort of patronising to be called mademoiselle, mm-hmm. she, she didn't enjoy the transition. Even though I despise the phrase young lady if if i'm ever referred to young lady i think oh yeah 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 Yeah, yeah. i mean it is weird that um there's not a gender neutral version of sir or madam isn't it well then now isn't it's my lady (laughs) (laughs) there we go uh if you have a quandary for quandary that was a long one wasn't it yeah Yeah. uh for quandary corner the side I've I've become aware on the course of this. Uh, maybe I am living in like some kind of crime infested in in ghetto. ghetto. Yeah, yeah, in the ghetto. Um, I think that was such a bad rendition of that song. It wouldn't if they did come after us for copyright. <laughs> it wouldn't be identified <laughs> yeah, as that song. So. Uh, email us uh, uh, hello at adriftpodcast dot com. <laughs> Oh, I'm far too hot and sweaty to do all the little bits where I thank this person and that person, so I'm going to thank no one. Uh, I'm just going to say, uh, excuse me, love, uh, we don't want to know about your sex life. Adrift. Adrift. Ready for podications, Annabelle? Yep. How many have we got today? Two. Two. Okay, let's have a look here. The first one comes from Sam Towler, who says, Hello, Annabelle. Hello, Jeff. Hello. Hello. I'd very much like to make a podcast to my beautiful friend, Libby, as it's her birthday on the 21st of July. She doesn't listen to the show, but I will be forcing this particular segment on her. As she reaches the grand old age of 25, I want her to know that despite the wheels now starting to fall off and the cracks beginning to show, I still love her. Hmm. 
Um, do just play this segment. I don't. I think like certain episodes of Adrift, like last week's, for example, would be good introductory episodes. Mm-mm. And then I think other episodes. Well, we're just talking about how hot we are. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not the best ones to introduce someone to. They're, right. they're more like episode 60. Yeah, yeah. The, the ones for you if you're just you're at a stage where there's something just comforting hearing voices you've yeah, heard before and it yeah. doesn't really matter what they're saying. It's your routine. That's yeah. that's what this episode has felt like yeah. to me this week. Yeah. Um, Libby and I both love performing in musicals which I think might be similar to Jeff's seemingly undriftworthy appreciation for karaoke. I'm told exactly what to say and sing, and as I'm on stage, I don't have to make small talk with anyone for at least two hours. I'm not too bad at it either, which is a bit of a confidence boost. Would you like to do a musical? Me? Mm. I would love to do a musical, but obviously I can't. Who, who would you like to be? Oh, I never thought about it. I mean, it's I, obvious. I don't. Well, okay, Rizzo from Greece. Oh, um, cl- I was gonna you're close. I was gonna say Frenchie from Greece. Frenchie? Why is that obvious? You're just more the kooky character. No, I'm. I'm totally Rizzo. <laughs> <laughs> I see as Patty Simcox from Greece. You're like no. I'm really insulted. Patty Simcox is really annoying, and she doesn't sing. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think I'd be very good, uh, Alexander Hamilton. And it means nothing. No, of course not, yeah. Um, I'll tell you what I would like to... I was thinking about this. For some reason, I was thinking about this earlier today. Like, if I was, if I, if I got to sing a song from the show, what would I like to sing? <laughs> Are you ready for what I decided? I mean, I mean, even the thought that you had is interesting. It's weird. I was thinking about it just this morning. It's really? very strange. I can't even think why. But um, if, if I got to wear the costume and everything, you ready for yeah, this? Yeah, yeah. Uh, if I only had a heart from the Wizard of Oz as the Tin Man. You picked that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And where would you be performing on television? I don't in, know. In, in, no, in your little daydream. Be honest. Where did it happen? Was it on the stage? It was such a, on a, on the stage. On I the guess. Stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't think of myself being the Tin Man in the Wizard of Oz, but I thought of myself dressed as a Tin Man from the Wizard of Oz, just doing that song. <laughs> Can every week you tell us like a little story about something that's put like you thought about? Because <laughs> no, I'm not you're you're a big so daydreamer, weird. but I'm not a big daydreamer. But yeah. today I was just thinking about it's really that. Lovely. So I like the bit where he sort of drums on himself. It goes. That was part of your thought process. Oh, but it's nice when he drums. I think I'd like to do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And do you know what sparked this thought at all? I have no idea what sparked it. Yeah, it's. I was pottering about this morning, and that was that was what was in my mind. Okay. And the, I saw it in like a sort of maybe small provincial theatre. <laughs> I love how you didn't go West End. No, you no, didn't go big. No, okay. it's a Vamdram. Okay. Anyway, um, Sam continues. Libby and I did share an experience that we both thoroughly hated, though, and I think would make any drifter's blood run cold. For a recent production, we had to walk the streets in full costume, interacting with people to try and drum up some ticket sales. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. I mean, this is the thing that puts me off the Edinburgh Festival. Oh, right. Yeah, you have to do a lot of that, yeah. don't you? Yeah. Uh, um, we both absolutely hated everyone staring at us and having to improvise and make small talk with strangers. So we tended to ham- hang back and let the more confident members of the group take over. That it was only for about an hour or two. It felt like days. I mean, it is just it is just the worst. Like in Edinburgh, I, I, it's I'm scanning the horizon for performers trying to interact with me in character. I don't mind if somebody just wants to give me a leaflet for their mm, show, mm, mm. but it's when they're in character. My my ex girlfriend um, did some acting in Fringe Theatre, so I'd forever be going to see her in plays in rooms above pubs. And there was one which was set behind the Iron Curtain, 
and she was some kind of sort of Stasi guard. Mm. And they had her at the entrance as the audience were going in, sort of interacting with us like she was some kind of Checkpoint Charlie, you know, Mm-mm. barking at us. Yeah. Uh, it was just one of the most uncomfortable things of my life <laughs> and hers. Right, okay. I think as well. Mm. Oh, uh, the experience was decidedly worse for Libby than it was for me. I was in fairly normal clothing, not including the giant puppet I had to carry around, but Libby was scantily clad in a revealing leopard print dress, which attracted some less than savoury comments to go alongside the embarrassment we both Aww. felt from being there in the first place. I could never have made it through without her alongside me, though, and I like to think that being together made it almost but not quite worthwhile. It's it's like being like going through a terrible trauma together, surviving yeah. a terrible trauma together. Yeah, yeah. It's a bonding experience. Libby is an incredible person, and I am much better for having her as a friend. Happy birthday! Thank you very much, Sam. Twenty-seven, Virgo, likes walks on the beach and long books. Hmm. Happy birthday, Libby. And this one comes from Harry Redmond, who says, "Hola, Jeff and Annabelle. Hola." Hola. Long-time listener, looking for a podication, please. This will go out the day before my partner Lauren's birthday. However, I will hold back and play the podcast on our travels on the day itself, Thursday the 25th of July. It's the big 3-0 for Lauren and a birthday I know she's been dreading to the extent where she's almost refusing to acknowledge it is, in fact, her own big day. Although there will be obligatory balloons and banners pinned up around the house before she wakes up and, of course, a giant I'm 30 badge provided. Imagine this will see the bin in record time. (laughs) Uh, I just wanted to make this an enjoyable few days rather than anything about the age. Talking directly to Lauren through the medium of Jeff Stroke Annabelle's voice. Okay, here we go. I'm channeling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So to start this day, you are on this podcast. Yes, you, Lauren Simmons. Secondly, though clearly not as exciting, whilst listening to this, surprise, We are on our way to Chessington for a day of vomit-inducing rides and to see the animals. Sings, we're going to the zoo, zoo, zoo. How How about you, 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 you can come to the zoo, zoo, zoo. How about you, 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 since my baby left. Sorry. Got to tune that uke. Yeah. Sorry about that, Lauren. Didn't mean to ruin your birthday. Uh, the next few days, I have an equal array of randomness lined up. And best of it all, you don't have a clue on what those activities are. <laughs> I did an all right job of that. Of that. It was you did spelled, a great it was spelled job. out. Um, so to keep it shortish, I want to dedicate this to Lauren. Say happy non-numerical birthday and remind you that I love you. All the best, Harry. This is very exciting. Let us know what else happens, please, and enjoy the rides. My uh, my tolerance for rides has really dropped as I've got older. Wow, imagine mine dropping. It was mm. already on zero. I don't know that I'll ever go on a roller coaster again. Oh, good for you. Yeah. Why would you? Well, I used to, used to, I mean, I'd have my limits, but I used to sort of quite enjoy some of those things. Mm. And then as I get older, it's just, it's the bit where you go, chick, you know, you wait, the way you go up yeah, before you yeah. then go down. I just hate that anticipation. <laughs> I don't want to put myself through that, the yeah. anxiety of it. Yeah, and that's, yeah. um, anyway, not, 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 you're, you're a few years off that, Laura. Oh, you can still enjoy fine. it and the animals as well. Uh, this is wonderful. So have a great birthday, Lauren from Harry. Uh, that's you, by the way, Lauren Simmons, in case you missed it the first time. And uh, happy birthday to Libby 
from Sam. And if you would like a podication, you can email us. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.